Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 78 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out our audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone that's joining us live here in the chat. Hello to you all. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up this week, this guy is always living on the edge pushing the boundaries and sharing his adventures in the metaverse is Nathy. How you doing, dude? You're right. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I actually feel like I'm living in a simulation after all that, that VR. Yeah. It's been a, yeah. been a busy week for you. Is, is this, is this real life or is this fancy? Is this just fantasy? <laughs> Open your eyes and see. Look up to the sky. <laughs> yes. And you'll see. Yeah. But you're okay. Yes, yes, I am. I am still <laughs> alive. You sound like very robotic this week. <laughs> yes, I am. I am okay. Hey, says, still, Nancy is not locked up in my basement. Says, says, the, says the host that has been uh, uh, multiple times, um, well, named as a droid, right? Some people accuse you from being an actual robot. Really? Yeah. So, I, <laughs> I think we're all going a bit stir crazy here right now so i'm just going to move yes. on uh next up this guy doesn't deal with room scale vr no 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 he's taking it to another level he's going full house scale vr for his vr endeavors it's vr twitch streamer zimtok5 how are you doing, man? You're right. I am fantastic. I can't believe I made it. I made my dream come true. Uh, it was about six months ago. I mentioned to my wife, I was like, you know what, honey? I can imagine us having a headset in every room in the house. And she's like, never going to happen. You're never. I'm never going to prove that. And I finally did. Grind her down <laughs> over months. And finally, I, I took over my kid's playroom, which they don't really use that much. <laughs> but, but I was still alive. And uh, had, have, have that now segmented as it, as it should be a portion. And the beauty is, this is honestly my first owned, like, proper, non-min-spec scraping, you know, scale experience. So, like, not having to worry about hitting my desk or something in this relatively small room feels really freeing. Um, and that's great because I don't often get to do that. And the fact, the other thing I'll just mention quickly is... Um, I can't believe that's all running. Like a Vive, which is heavy already on on specs, is running off of a a GTX 760 and an i5 CPU wow. and encoding and streaming at wow. the same time, uh, and Whoa. it's working grand. Like the fact that that's even possible. A couple of years ago, no way you'd be able to get OBS. OBS would be choking all over the place, um, and the games run flawlessly. Like I was playing Beat Saber Expert Plus, like. Really good, hmm. really, really good. So nice. I know there's been but, software tweaks all over, but I'm surprised at that combination that that works. But does it run Crisis in far packs? Definitely doesn't run Crisis. <laughs> like that PC will not not take Crisis. But I, so I'm, now you I'm just very need happy. Head. Heaven's Gates, you know, very happy. Now, now you just need a headset for the bathroom, right? You know, so you can <laughs> chill in the bath. Oh, that's the Oculus Go, Mike. That goes everywhere. 
<laughs> oh, okay. You don't oh, need to set up one of those contraptions oh, no. like that guy Zach did last week with a shower. That was amazing. <laughs> I have to say, the guy who did the uh, week of VR or whatever, it was, yeah, great. You should yeah. you should tweet Oculus asking like, hey, I want to use the Quest in my bath, and uh, uh, is it water resistant? Or if not, could you please uh, just add that real quick because it's important for a lot of people. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You you were introduced on this podcast and every podcast as the Oracle, Nathy. So, how many years will it be before we have a waterproof headset? <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, why do you need a quest in the bath? Because you only need three doff. It's not like you've got like a jacuzzi bath or something you can swim around in. <laughs> like you're not going to go anywhere. Some people do. You ever seen like, you know, Notch behind Minecraft? You've seen his freaking San Francisco Bay like pool that's like going out to the horizon. Some people need yeah. that. We're not yeah. quite there yet. Is it? <laughs> this, this is the freedom of the quest. You can sit on the toilet and just do your thing at the top of the Mount Everest. But that, that's Rowdy's bag, you know doing things on the course, toilet that's, that's the sales uh, point anyway we're, we're going way off topic here yes, let sorry. me introduce rowdy sorry. let's get on with the show so this guy he's been bitten by a mutant fish he's recovered cocaine from a crashed plane and he's been slung in a prison cell all in a week's work for our resident rowdy guy how are you doing dude you're right yeah 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 i'm good I, I would count that as like you know my average Week, you know, that's, average that's, week for you, yeah. You no, know, an average week, yeah. I, I left the suit behind in, uh, you know, next to the pilot in, uh, yeah. in payday two. So, uh, I'm, how did I'm your wedding go? Regular, regular, comfy little sweaters. Yeah, uh, feels good. <laughs> how did the wedding go? Was it good? It was boring. No, <laughs> <laughs> they, they had no VR. It was so boring. No VR. Yeah. I was, I was, I just had to dance and talk to girls the entire evening. Ugh. Ah, sounds so lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in today's show, we've got a busy show for you all. We're going to be diving headfirst into the specs of the newly announced HoloLens 2 from Microsoft. I'll be talking about a vibrating accessory to take your VR experience to another level. <laughs> of course, it's the ProTube Force Tube. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Uh, Zim's going to be giving you the lowdown on the latest releases this week. And then finally, we'll be checking out Boneworks, which is an amazing experience coming soon that's pushing the limits of what's possible in VR. Very exciting indeed. Uh, but first up, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week in their highlight of the week. And of course, first up is Nathy stepping up to the plate. Well... Uh, this is going to be an anticlimactic moment, but I I, re I really haven't played anything. Wait, you, you wait! I'm going to expose you now. Okay, sure, <laughs> go for it. Because me and you played tooth games this week together. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, we did, we did. Um, yeah, we played uh, uh, Firewall Zero Hour. Yes, and Dig Wild Two. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know which one do you want me to highlight, Mike? What do you, what do you think is uh, worth it? Which one was your favorite? That's a good one. I honestly, I honestly like the conversations we had while we were playing Dig Weld were amazing. I would say, <laughs> but the 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 firewall community is just awesome. Yeah. I would say uh, it was really fun to dive into that uh, uh, into that title. It's a it's a tactical shooter, by the way. It's you could say it's like a little bit like Rainbow Six, but then without, uh, well, jumping through windows and doing crazy stuff that you can't do in VR just yet, just yet. Okay, it's gonna come. Soon you can just, you know, jump through your floor and surprise your enemies. But for now, uh, that's not gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I um, 
I really enjoyed it. it. Was was super fun, but again, not because of the gameplay. I would say, but more about like more because of the community, because of yeah. the players. You know, it's yeah. just fun to talk and uh, not take everything too serious. And um, yeah, the new updates were were super nice. Spent yeah. some, some some money on some some upgrades for my weapons, and I do understand why. You know, it's still one of the most played uh, shooters on. PlayStation VR, I would say like PC doesn't even have such a good shooter on PC. I mean, yeah, Pavlov is nice, and you know, Onward, Contractors, uh, etc. They are they are uh, you know solid solid titles, but I haven't seen anything tactical that really nailed it. I think Breach it was once that early access project that I thought was was uh, super cool, but sadly, most developers who announce their shooters don't have a long-term vision and just, you know, throw something out there. I'm sure that Wardust was once this game everyone was talking about. I'm not sure if anyone is still playing it. Could be a ghost town. I don't know. I haven't checked it out in a while. But, uh, Mike, you did, right? You 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 checked it out. Is it still, uh, are there still people? Yeah, it's there? a big, big thriving community there, for okay. sure, yeah. Okay, then, then I will take my words back right here. Um, but uh, honestly, I haven't seen any tactical shooter like Firewall Zero Hour on... PC. Actually, they should just part it to PC, make it cross-platform. I would totally be in for that. I would love that as well. Agreed. Yeah. But like, I think the, the thing is, we played a lot of uh, Firewall and we had a lot of fun. Like, I was a bit of a noob at it. Um, but, um, you know, the community carried us, which was nice of them. <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one thing we found was that you spend uh, almost as much time in a game than you do in the menu system waiting for the next game. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, w- I would really like it if they just had three rapid rounds and then you wait for the next exactly. three rounds. Yeah, uh, that would How would they not address that? Because remember, when we when you and I Mike, went into this three and a half months ago, yeah. it, was the same, it was the same thing. And that, yeah. that was like a, the number one thing that Reddit was shouting for was, please address the game proportion of time that you're spending and if it's still the issue that's the achilles heel of the game because the game's amazing yeah. mm-hmm. well uh obviously uh frank is uh our, our front man you know our, our pr expert from first contact now so i told him i said hey frank fix this <laughs> whether he'll listen or not who knows but uh if i will even despite those niggles it's still a, a solid shooter for sure yes um, uh, i would also say like if, you, if you're looking for like a tactical kind of game a uh, shooter uh, onward is still like i think maybe the the best one out there uh, across all platforms in terms of uh, tacticality uh, yeah but i mean i mean tactical in a way where you have to breach into something and where you have to you know put I don't know C four on the on the on the door or the walls and uh, use all kinds of like uh, scanners to look through walls, uh, just like Rainbow Six. You know, every everyone has their own like a special like a special mm-hmm. ability. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen uh, something like that just yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why you should get a PlayStation VR. It, it, yeah, it, they it, have it, this it, it, on, and PC doesn't have that. Yeah, PC doesn't have it. Uh, the oh. trouble is that. Uh, in in two D game space, uh, Pancake Gamers, they got loads of options. I mean, yeah, but I mean like that's that it's it's also a hard thing to develop. I mean, like if you look at Rainbow Six Siege, for example, dude, if you can nail those mechanics in VR, you're like an end boss. You're like a level one hundred uh, Elon Musk, basically. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's find out what Zim's been playing this week. What have you been playing in your new uh, sort of VR, uh, you know, VR Vive man cave room? Oh, well, that's probably a different answer to my highlight. So um, what have I been playing in that? It, it, it is one point I did want to make, which is I've been beat sabering it like crazy, um, really, along with a bunch of other games, just to see what would work. 
uh, the game that un- underperformed again on a 760 and, you know, look, I did all kinds of things, Space Pirate Trainer, all these games that have been out for a long time and they're kind of classics. The only one that really struggled was actually Windlands. Windlands really was choking a little bit um, in terms of some of the scenes, but they're very high poly and that's the reason for it. But Beat Saber, I learned something having done Beat Saber. My audience kicked up and said, Zin, now you get to try all the different grips. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? Different grips. So I did notice this, and there's a, quite a stark difference between a, a Vive wand and obviously the Oculus projectile, um, and and actually to, to help you swing without the mass at the end with the Vive kind of cup holder, um, people grip the controller, you know, like a claw, S-shape, B-shape. There's all these different things. There's a great visual guide that someone shared with me on the internet to like eight or nine different Beat Saber grip styles. And I didn't even know this was a thing. And now I kind of feel like, you know, I can turn my nose up at people who don't know this. But um, it, it, if you didn't know it, it's definitely something to think about because things like Thrill of the Fight was probably the first uh, the first yeah. Vive game Boxing. where they took yeah. the, you know, they, they, they took the controllers and they turned them sideways so that you were holding them in a way that would feel better for making punches. Um, and then I, I later adopted that to like, box vr and it was more comfortable mm. that way so if you don't think about yeah. it you can change your default grip and still play these games and so i'm, I'm going to try that out but um mm. the game i wanted to talk about uh which which we we, we piped up about uh, last week is honor and duty d-day which was the psvr mm. release and it it's it's a lovely little indie game four maps um it was relatively underpopulated on launch day and i think it's because it was totally hidden in the store. Only if people had seen it on Reddit would they have known. So hopefully more people understand. Played it. It's like Battlefield 1942 again. Uh, frankly, okay. it's it's World War II. Um, there are totally operational tanks. You can climb into a tank, get in the gunner seat. There's literally periscope you put your eye up to and all that kind of stuff. And there's like three rolls to drive this tank. Like you, you can't. Uh, single man it and, and do all the bits. Oh, you, you need nice. a team. You need a crew. And then there's like there's cars zipping by. The, the the car drive mechanic allows you to pull out a pistol, steer your car at the same time. Oh, nice. And be like blasting as you're going. So like literally, I'm standing there like on this little precipice, and this whole team of dudes packed in this little car come running at me, all gunning at me, and it, like it, it gives you some really good feelings. And this is an indie title mm. for a tenor, so definitely if you haven't thought about it or seen it um i would say absolutely check it out i'm I'm gonna be checking it out tomorrow again just to see you know has it has it uh grown that little snowball community around it now it definitely Mm -hmm. deserves it but uh, if if you're a battlefield fella or lady uh absolutely don't miss it it's uh it's called honor and duty d-day so in the chat someone says honor and judy is really cool except i got into it and was checking it out and got instantly killed uh, and then I looked at the person running by, and it was Zim Talk Five. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, maybe the reason why not a lot of people played it is because Apex Legends was, for some reason, for some odd reason, on the PlayStation VR section. Was it? Oh, yeah. But it, it of course, isn't a VR title, and it also no. doesn't have any support for it. But maybe there was the competition. Uh, uh, getting in i think it was just a bug but yeah yeah so just quick question about this game does it use uh, the the dual shock or move controllers or aim controller uh it uses the aim controllers what i played i just actually i didn't oh, try the others nice. i think there is move controller support as well but out of the box the aim controller support worked really well um awesome uh and the only other thing i wanted to say about the game was um let's see for a cheap price it's uh it's, it's worth it 
know, it's, it's worth a shot. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, nice, cool. Okay, then what about you then, Rowdy? What have you been up to uh, to this week? Yeah, I'll quickly go over the chat as well because they've been uh, they've been posting some comments as well. Uh, they said, oh. for example, Eric Hartley said that he played Visp, which is a virtual spaceport. He found it very enjoyable. It was like a space station building, um, like the one in the Valve Knuckles demo, but more like a, a full fledged kind of game. Uh, I've seen some videos of that. I haven't played it yet myself. Um, then I also saw that Campo675 has had a bad injury that has kept him out of virtual reality and he stepped now into VR for the first time in long and he needs to get his VR legs once again. Wow, what injury um, takes you out of VR? I w- I'd like to know more if you're willing to share it in the chat. <laughs> yeah, we hope you get that soon. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Paradise Decay played uh, Titan Slayer 2. Uh, really impressed with it. A lot better than what I was expecting. Um, Rallo played uh, PC2 DCS um, Xing the Land Beyond I see as well there was a VR bug who also played Beat Saber Skyrim and Cat Sorted VR uh, love to know more about that game what was that Cats Cats Sorted but I know we talked not that long about like a dog sorting game um, with the uh I don't know. I don't know if you were there back then, Zim, because it was like a game that was like a, a, a going to release in the next yes. week. And it was yes, I remember this. Yeah, it looked really bad. It was uh, on the Tower of Pizza level of quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Temp- Temple of Pizza. Let's oh, not sorry. get the name wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think the best comment I'm seeing right now is that the real played Fallout 76 with bar packs. <laughs> no comment i'm actually <laughs> drinking out of a well and then what i played this week um because it was funny because nady started talking about shooters i actually dove back into pavlov uh, this week oh, uh, to go and check it out to, to get it with a with a buddy of mine user id and i wanted to try out the uh, ttt maps <laughs> uh, i don't know if you guys know the ttt maps it's trouble in, in Trader Town or tr- trouble in Terrorist Town, like depending on like the mode that you play, I guess. Um, huh. And it's it's legit. I think one of the most fun I've ever had in virtual reality, just because it gets so so claustrophobic and hectic and so hilariously fun. You don't trust anyone in the end anymore, but you're all having like such a good laugh. It was such a great time, and the community of Pavlov. It's so big still. It's amazing yeah. to see. Like, I, 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 I think I started a game, um, just a lobby, like people waiting for not even in-game. I just started the lobby. Uh, and my friend hadn't even joined yet, and it was already half full. And like five minutes later, the entire lobby was full, and we all jumped into the game, uh, like a match of, I, I think, like 10 players or something. Mm-hmm. And we just had like the, the best time ever. Um, I had really a lot of fun. I played Minecraft. In, in Pavlov, since they have custom maps, they had a TTT ah, map uh, of, of Minecraft. Um, yeah, it was it was hilarious. Like also like the amount of stuff that you get in there in the Minecraft, you can actually start crafting and start like uh, getting blocks out and opening doors, and you have different kind of scanners, and you can get like teleporting tools. And mm-hmm. there's so much more to this game that like first met the eye, like when I played it. I don't know how long ago I played it, but Very there's been so much stuff that has been made by the community there. That's, how do you, how do you get access out. to it? Is it is it just like the Steam uh, Workshop method? Yeah, it's a Steam Workshop tool. Yeah. Right. You can just subscribe to the maps, and then you can go and jump into that. I mean, you just need to select the right mode for TTT, 
and it, it lowers it completely in the custom as well. So you have like jailbreak mods and like there's so much stuff in this game now. It's uh, it's pretty much endless content. Yeah. yeah. I got to get back into those uh, Goldeneye maps. Those those, those really. Oh, I never. Oh, yeah. I, I, have like them. A, I have an entire set of like uh, Halo maps that I played in there, like the actual like Beaver Creek and like all of those, and like Counter Strike maps. I used to play them all with like uh, with uh, with Viper, just going back into Halo and like play yeah. like the theme songs of Halo in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Nice yeah. man. It's it's amazing to see like a, a game like that thrive still after years after being released you know and and such a small dev team as well i I think i think the reason why it's doing so well is because of the mods because there is no other shooter Mm. out there like onward is 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 pretty like serious uh Mm. i i don't think any other shooter title on pc has a workshop no like that that sort of sandbox feel about it where you can really customize it the way you want it yeah Yeah, no i totally agree But no, that's awesome. That is totally awesome. Um, so this week I played like, you know, a lot of shooters. I've been testing out this force tube, which we're going to talk about more later on. Obviously, like I said, I played with Nathy. Uh, we played some Dick Wild and some Firewall. Uh, but the, the one thing I want to highlight this week is a free experience called Curfew. Now, um, you can check this out. It's on the Oculus Store. You can check this out on Oculus Rift. Uh, like I said, it's completely free. And basically, it's a tie-in VR experience to a new TV show that's being aired here in the UK. Uh, it's being developed by uh, Sky TV. And the premise of the show is that there's an outbreak somewhere and that the government is shutting everything down. So there's a curfew in place. However, you can street race uh, your way to victory out of the city and break free. So it's basically like The Walking Dead meets like The Fast and Furious. It's a, a stupid idea for a show, but they've actually made a legit cool VR experience. So I tried it out, sort of had very low expectations, but came away pretty impressed. Um, so basically, you, you're you in the passenger seat of one of these race cars that is going to do this like illegal street race through the streets and try and escape out of the city. And you've got a driver next to you who's your like companion. And the textures and the lighting detail of the cockpit of the car and your your driver is really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, the whole scenery around it is very well done. So straight away, you're kind of in that seat and you're like, this is pretty cool. And then unlike normal movie tie-in experiences where you're just a, you know, a bystander for everything going on, you actually get involved and you get to interact with the environment. Uh, you get to uh, sort of choose some uh, dialogue paths using the radio uh, so you can kind of interact with the story a little bit. And then you can like dig around the glove box and pick some items up in the in the cockpit of the car as well. It's around sort of 15 minutes long um, and it does get a little bit intense near the end. But I would say it's definitely worth checking out as a one-time deal only and just thought, yeah, that was kind of cool. And I won't spoil anything, but the ending is very, very cool. It, it sounds so similar to to the heist. <laughs> it's like always one one on one when you when you tell it like that yeah the heist playstation vr worlds the heist oh i never tried it i never tried it it, it, it's almost like the same same story here Hmm. yeah also talking about like fast cars uh when i was uh serving the internet i found out that there is an actual need for speed vr experience there is yeah um but it's uh it's for um uh gear vr Okay, so yeah, meh. It's yeah. very old, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, VR. so yeah, if you want to check out uh, an experience and, and 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 yeah, 
just sort of be a bystander and just sort of enjoy something 15 minutes totally free check out curfew on the oculus store so let's move into some quick news this week and uh, let's start off the show with some news about the oculus quest now this is pretty interesting because this week chris Pruitt, who is a developer relations at Oculus, posted on the official Oculus blog about how submitting games to the Oculus store for Quest will be very different from what it is currently with the Rift. And he stated, I quote, in addition to making great VR headsets, uh, we feel a strong responsibility to make the Quest VR content ecosystem successful for both developers and players. The Rift ecosystem has taught us that VR players respond to titles that have polish, substance, and depth, whether they're built by AAA game studios or talented indies. And he's hit the nail on the head there, you know. Uh, I think what they're trying to say here is basically they're going to raise the quality bar for application submissions from developers. So this will prevent the situation we're in right now with the Oculus Rift, particularly uh, with the amount of just really low quality titles that are clogging up the store right now. And I think the problem is these low quality titles tend to sort of bury the true gems that are out there. So they're much harder to find, which is a real shame. So I think this is only a good thing. But what do you guys think of this? It's a double-edged sword, Mike. It is a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. I mean, anytime you bring in any kind of curation, you're, 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 you know, the, you're stifling indie developers a lot of the time. You know, you're mm-hmm. making that road from, I have a great game design idea. It might look like crap. Uh, you know, even something like Beat Saber uh, starting off, you know, if it, if it wasn't so, let's say, obviously polished and well-designed, let's let's take it back a few notches in its development cycle. Could it have been buried behind a curation wall? So I'm, mm. I, don't, I personally, although I, you know, no one likes going into Steam and scrolling through six pages <laughs> of... of mm. VR nonsense that you know you know are really small indie projects that maybe shouldn't even be live yet. Mm. It, it, it does make me nervous, only well, for indie developers. You know, I, I think like you're right. And on one side, it, it's 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 bad news for uh, for developers. On the other side, it hurts the sales of the Quest mm-hmm. potentially. That's why I would suggest bring back Oculus Share and then let people have a spotlight there and let the community vote. Uh, on that or actually give them like uh, point them into the right direction at least um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I think Oculus should continue to fight against shuffleware like you can clearly see that right now with the the quest coming out soon they kind of you know um, stopped focusing on the rift and you can just see all the shuffleware just coming in like for the last few weeks I haven't seen much Definitely. interesting uh, uh, popping up there and um, for a consumer it's just hard to uh, find what they are really looking for and what they should buy because, you know, you could uh, re- get a refund, but that's like something you don't want to worry about when you uh, get a title. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I always give um, PlayStation uh, the, the props for having such a nice ecosystem where, honestly, you don't have to worry about anything you buy there. There is rarely anything you will see in front of you that is just not as good because the way their store filters everything is mm-hmm. just super nice and tight. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think they should continue to fight off shuffleware, but in, in the right way. And I think Oculus Share in some way could help developers because, you know, developers are also uh, there to learn from their experience. And if you don't give them the space to do that, yeah, <laughs> yeah then you're, you will never get that Beat Saber uh, game. 
I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 years um, past it, but I was going to say that when I heard about the quest first, like after having looked at the go, it was like the first time when I thought, oh, I should go learn unity. You know, I should go learn unity and I should go build an app. And, you know, there's university students out there, you know, just budding developers who like would have done that. But if there isn't that, you know, chance to get your money back, so to speak, maybe, maybe they'll decide not to. I'm a little bit on the on the other end of the of the sword here. Maybe I, I actually am not that convinced it's such a good thing. Mainly because the amount of content that is there is not enough. I think to keep a platform afloat. Um, if indeed, if it's for example the PC market, of course, then you can do that because there's so many people working on titles. And I'm a little bit apprehensive at this because it might scare new developers off into putting so many hours of work in there, not knowing if they'll be able to release it on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that Chat uh, himself tweeted on this as well. I, I don't really know his stance on this, but he he said this. He said the experimentation on new hardware is always interesting. Even having lived with five prototypes the longest outside of people like what Kabibo did, really opened up new ideas and the Quest has so many new possibilities. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I kind of... Yeah. I, I understand what you guys are saying, but the, at the same time, I'm a little bit yeah. like worried that the content that is there is mm. not enough to keep. The, the thing really is, I think, like if you think about it historically, of like console releases, like when the Xbox One came out or PlayStation Four came out, there was only a handful of games that released with these consoles. And I think as long as you keep that quality bar high from the yeah. outset, then you, you're going to you're going to trust the ecosystem. You're going to yeah. trust that they're going to bring you quality titles. And I think as well, like the, I know that there's a concern there that they're shutting developers out where they are addressing that because don't think that they're going to allow a developer to spend months or if not years on a game and then just shut the door on their face. They're not planning to do that. They don't want that either. Oh. What, what they're proposing is that if you're a developer and you have an idea for a game is that you you pitch them the idea, you pitch them the concept of the game and why it stands out and why it can add value to their audience or their, their customers. Yeah. And the thing is... Interesting thing to do. I, I mean, I, I come from research and we have that concept mm-hmm. like embedded through everything where you need to pitch your research project before it gets approved. And there's a lot of problems and issues with that as well because when funding is limited... It's always, always hard and difficult to get funding. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really on like I'm gonna wait and see how this goes. Uh, but I hope they have a very open mind about this. Yeah. So yeah. one good well, thing I think about it though is Mike. I think it it tells us that they're confident in their initial lineup. That's that's mm-hmm. what I read into it. It's we yeah. have a software <laughs> library of probably fifty odd titles. You know they're strong. We're strong out of the gates, and we have content coming the next six months. So we can put the gates up. You know, mm. if they didn't yeah. have that, they wouldn't be putting the gates up. We have a, a few good comments on point as well. We have a short power 24 and Twitch saying, I wonder if this will spark, spawn a third party distribution platform for people to give away or sell apps for people to sideload. Um, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly, and yeah. also, I am Roots in YouTube was saying uh, that apparently, I'm, I can't confirm this, but he, he said that, that now PlayStation has also opened the store for early access. So they're actually going the opposite route mm-hmm. a little bit into like making titles in early access available. Okay. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. I like to, to end it here. It's, it's like, uh, it's in part for Oculus to cross a line because otherwise if people buy the Quest... They only have to play one bad experience or maybe two 
they're not coming back, okay? Then this, this headset, and you can say whatever you want about it, that it's epic and awesome, it just ends up on a shelf, and they're not going to use it again. So yeah. it's like one chance, one opportunity. And if you screw it up with the content, and you take the risk of a developer making something that is very creative, and it... It, there should be a there should be a playground for developers to test yeah. their stuff in. Okay, I agree, yeah. but don't but if it's way public way. on the yeah. store, there is no way back. And then yeah. you also don't get your customers back if it's bad. I think uh, Yaroslav Beck, one of the developers from Beat Saber, he he put it brilliantly in an acceptance speech when he accepted a dice award for beat saber this this week and he basically said you know like uh, it's so important for developers to really polish and bring quality titles to uh, vr because you know there's so many people out there that don't believe that vr is the future but we do we do believe that vr is the future and i think that is just exactly sums up nicely kind of what oculus are doing here is that they just want the best yeah. for their platform and i you know personally i think it's a good thing uh, but whether it will be in the long term yeah. we don't we don't know yeah. for sure i agree with that and i i agree with also the point that you know the launch titles they need to be rock solid proper you know but later on maybe open it up then <laughs> for other yeah. people to make some new to, to a certain point yeah yeah I'm pretty sure uh, after GDC, we'll have much more, you know, information about the launch lineup for sure. So I'm just going to have to wait until the end of the month, I guess. Yeah. Um, but let's quickly move on then to uh, a new Spider-Man experience that we might be getting ac- access to in Uh-oh. VR. <laughs> beware, beware. I, I, Spider-Man Homecoming 2. I can understand why you might be concerned. And and Nathie's referring to the previous Spider-Man experience (laughs) called Spider-Man Homecoming, Uh obviously to tie in with the movie. It was like... The most disappointing experience you've ever had in virtual reality. (laughs) Exactly. The most anticlimactic VR experience you can ever have. Basically, you get all suited up, you start (laughs) slinging some webs around, you stand on a crane, you think, yeah, I'm going to become Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great dynasty. And then it just ends. It's the worst, worst ending ever. Hang on, hang on. Um, I got to defend it a little bit because I liked that experience only for the web slinging physics were great. That's all I'm going to say. There was no web slinging. You <laughs> no, no, no. Web shooting, you mean. I was done. This triggers me. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, this new experience is to tie in, obviously, of course, with the new movie, which is called Far From Home. And this is being developed uh, in conjunction with Sony and Nokia. Uh, and this was something that they demoed at Mobile World Congress. So we don't know if this is going to be coming to uh, home for everyone to try out ourselves or if it was just an exclusive demo just for that show. But basically, it looks like what we wanted is in this demo. So basically, they're swinging between the buildings through Manhattan. And this is actually a multiplayer demo. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. But basically, what they were using was this uh, Nokia's new 5G technology to connect two uh, players over multiplayer. And the aim was to race uh, across Manhattan and and beat the uh, uh, the other player. So that's essentially what it was. Um, but again, you know, whether this or not will come to home users, <laughs> I don't know. Eric Hartley in the chat, who apparently like has some more uh, experience with this, and he says this new one is only still a few minutes, and you just swing down on the street, and then it ends. Okay, so I mean, it's not any better. It's just an experience, just a I tech mean, demo, I, basically. I like five G. Okay, also six G. You know, great. <laughs> but hey, uh, Sony Pictures making again a Spider Man experience. I don't really know about that. Someone else should maybe do it. Yeah. Well, I agree, <laughs> actually. If, if, you look at, if you look at Sony Pictures' track history record in VR titles, Didn't they've they developed... Oh, they've, they've made some of the, the quality ones. 
the, the cream of the crop. Okay, We're talking please. like Ghostbusters here. Oh, Ghostbusters. We're talking about Hotel Transylvania Popstick oh, Edition. But Popstick you know, 1A, honestly, Popstick is amazing. Dude, <laughs> at least for the, for the Popstick don't, itself. Don't even get me started on that Sorry, game. Sorry, okay, yeah. Um, we got Spider-Man experience. So, like, you know, it, it's pretty bad. So, expectations, just keep them low, but... I don't know. Sony, maybe you can surprise us. Who knows? If, if this again, one, if this one sucks again, I like I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like then the next them. one, yeah. Then just, I'm kind of. So just so you guys know, we've already pissed off the entire chat by talking about the non-canon version of Spider-Man because he is actually dead, and this can't have happened pre-snap. It just is not possible. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's talking about obviously yeah, Infinity War. I, I, I um, need, I need a question answered here, Mike. What was the 5G technology that's putting multiplayer players together? I don't understand that. Yeah. So basically, they were they were showing that you can run a, a VR headset on like a, a mobile hotspot. Essentially, that's what this 5G is. Uh, it's a it's a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot that's using the phone network rather than like a an ISP. Just to connect yeah. to the internet, you mean? So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I think we're going to talk more about 5G maybe in next week's episode because I wanted to get into it a little bit more because it's all about like mm. how devices can connect to the cloud and have the computing in the cloud rather than the headsets. So you could have a super lightweight headset and have all the power processing power being done in the in the cloud which is a really cool concept headset farm bitcoin <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so but anyway if, if, if you want a great spider-man simulator type game just go and play winlands 2 that's all i'm gonna hey, say hey, mike just uh, before we go to the next topic here can you just quickly say ghostbusters Ghostbusters. You see, that takes longer than the actual experience, according to what you're right. <laughs> you're <laughs> right. Uh, nice there gag. you go. Yeah, you just finished the game twice already. Yeah, and the second part as well is equally oh, yeah. as long. Yes. <laughs> Blink and you'll miss it. Um, but let's talk about uh, something that you might be interested in if you're a fan of VR uh, horror games. You might be pleased to hear that the developer behind the iconic game Five Nights at Freddy's is developing an official VR title. Now, these details were leaked by the ERSB ratings board, and then they were quickly removed after the leak sort of got sort of uh, snapped up. But basically, this game is going to be called Five Nights at Freddy's VR Help Wanted. And it seems like it's definitely going to be coming to PSVR, but we don't know if it's going to be coming to PC yet, so we'll have to wait and see for that. But the game is described as a VR puzzle horror game in which players assume the role of a repair person tasked with monitoring and repairing animatronic characters at a pizzeria. (laughs) Uh, From a first-person perspective, players explore dark hallways, complete puzzles, and try to avoid menacing, malfunctioning animatronic figures. The game contains frequent screams and jump scares. Oh, it's it's horrible. It is. I'll yeah, tell you. I'll t- let me tell you exactly why Five Nights at Freddy's is horrible in VR. Because yeah, when, I, when, when a creature jumps at you in the in, into your face, right? And I've done this. Twenty fourteen, I played Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> with virtual desktop, right? Yep. I cheated the system and I did it. Not smart because the headset. When you when you go to jerk like left or right or whatever, the nose bridge that you have around your nose whacks you in the side of the face. Basically, and I was bruised from it. Um, not not that easily bruised, but like, and and we've got other games that are horror games. But this, the, the special thing with uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is that it's something like jumping up in your face, and so your yeah. immediate reaction is to turn away or move away so fast you can't clamp that headset on your head hard enough. Yeah. So anyway, 
the yeah. conduct yeah. way. That's so, the worst part. Um, in related news, Mike, I wanted to mention uh, the team Junkfish got back to me after last week. I mentioned about Monstrum and Monstrum uh, coming to these platforms. And they said, unfortunately, due to some technical limitations, they won't be able to port uh, to PSVR what? Monstrum. So what? it's limited uh, to PC for wait, the moment. Wait, even after your petition of like 50,000 signatures? Exactly. They still didn't listen to you. Even Trump signed it. Anyway, <laughs> stop. What? Stop. No, okay. <laughs> So going back to Five Nights at Freddy's, it seems like you're going to get really up close and personal with the animatronics this time. You're not going to be locked in a room anymore. You have to go and repair them. And a bit like, you know, remember Operation back in the day where you have to use a little pair of tweezers to get the bones out? It seems like it's going to be a bit like that. Whereas if you make a mistake, you're going to get something really bad happen to you. Because that's like the time that you're going to be like the most focused. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be coming. It's kind of like that scene in um, in um, how is that horror title called again in VR? The the black and white one, uh, Wilson's Heart. Wilson's Heart. Oh yeah, little teddy yeah. bear like oh, chasing you. Basically bear. that that feeling. But that's not scary compared to that though. All, all I can say yeah. is I'm, I'm, I'm this is gonna force me to be a bad dad. I'm I'm gonna have to show this to my daughter. Um, the last time I put her in five <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's, she got so scared that the icon on the desktop she wouldn't play Minecraft because she's like that needs to go. Uh, wow. So. Oh my God. Wow. Next level parenting advice from yeah. Zentok 5. Um, so, the developer of Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Scott Cawthorne, he's actually teaming up with uh, Steel Wool Studios. Oh. They're previously responsible for the Ready Player One Battle for the Oasis experience. Okay. Um, so, hopefully, yeah. we'll get to play this soon. I, I, I'm, I really like this idea of uh, this game, especially the kind of operation style, sort of uh, getting up close to these guys would be really fun i think so uh, sounds definitely like looking forward it sounds like they're pivoting into the right space for vr like i mean that they're not just sticking with the formula and doing the easy conversion they're actually yeah. vrifying yeah. and and yeah. considering what vr can bring to that title they should yeah they should reach out to be haptic so you can feel them touching on your back oh. and then you need to turn around you know oh, man. I, I would do that i, I want that um, but yeah, they've been working on this for, for a long time, apparently. So yeah, hopefully it's going to be good. But if it's coming wait, wait, to PSVR, wait. it's going to be good. So Mike, so, so, so you want robots touching you? Uh, what was this thing, Nathy? Something about Mike being a, a robot? What was that? Yeah, he's <laughs> a droid. Yeah. yeah, that's that's they're my Powered kind. By five G. Yeah, yeah, that's what. It's all lining up. Those facts are lining up now. <laughs> so that is uh, all the quick news this week. So let's hand it over to Zim for the lowdown oh. on the games releases coming out next week shebang excellent well i'm going to start i'm going to start this one with a freebie um because i think free things are great and uh, <laughs> this thing just dropped today i'm just gonna spend a second here to make sure i'm showing you the right thing this is always the fun part where we're uh, trying to make sure i don't press stop streaming um, it's like where he's multitasking he shows his multitasking his skills yeah, off yeah trying to yeah <laughs> Not in front of my wife. She'll uh, she'll prove me wrong every this time. This is where you can tap your head and rub your tummy at the same time. Uh, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Wait, wait. I can't do that. It's too hard. No. Oh. Okay. So the the first title I was going to um, talk about this week, uh, I'm just trying to correct something I did incorrectly there. Releases. There we go. Okay. So the first title I wanted to talk about is called SCP Blackout. There's a free demo uh, that's just been released today. And um, if you like horror, given we were just talking about horror, that's what this is. It's meant to be pretty damn scary. Uh, it's a game where you are in a secret research facility. This is all sounding very Doom, by the way. Uh, you explore it, you learn, you, you gain access logs and do those things. SCP, by the way, stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. 
we've seen a number of other VR titles with this kind of contagion style um, backdrop. And um, the game is meant to release within the quarter, so sometime later in spring. Uh, and as you play, you can listen to Dr. Miller or Dr. Slate, each with their own motives and goals, and each choice and path you affect makes, uh, affects the facility and playthrough, leading to many different possible endings. Each time you play more, the story will be uncovered, and maybe the best choices aren't the ones so obviously presented. There's definitely also a kind of a, a Resident Evil vibe here. I'm talking more of the films than the games, uh, with the lasers and the kind of facility that you can see. Um, and it says, for action or fast rounds with friends, you can also try the survival game mode where you dropped into the full ex full facility to explore and escape. So that one seems pretty neat. And there's a, uh, I saw Volcano Mouth, who uh, again is, uh, I mentioned last week, was uh, a key part of, of one of the, the bad characters in Monstrum. And I saw him flash his face at the end of this. So I don't know if they got inspired or if it's just circumstance that Volcano Mouth seems to be in that game again. Uh, I will definitely so, check that out. That's a good question. Um, it, this is PC VR, so it's on Steam, available now. Go grab the demo, see if the full game is going to tickle your fancy. And it's called SCP. SCP Blackout. And so S scary, scary, crappy pants. Blackout. He <laughs> <laughs> just made. Oh, he did. I didn't. I don't even. I didn't see it. Great minds think alike, PD. Nice work, man. The same words and everything. I, I no, he, he replaced the, the first S with another word. Oh, another word. <laughs> okay. Um, great. Okay, so the next uh, the next title, this one is uh, uh, kind of tried and tested, well-loved, I think, by, by, by their fans. Um, so this game is, or experience, is Apollo 11, uh, now launching mm -hmm. on PSVR. Um, and so that's launched on the 1st of March uh, here in Europe. And unfortunately, I say this, but with a bit of a smirk, uh, in North America, they're going to have to wait until July 25th uh, to experience this. So for whatever reason, it's it. delayed in terms of the PSVR release over there. Um, immersive VR education, I actually met them, uh, went to their, their place in, in Waterford. It's kind of the largest VR firm um, uh, that's there with a team of 40 plus. Um, they've done a number of, uh, of good uh, titles. Um, and this one for me, was quite a tearjerker. It's one of those things where you're like, you're being educated as you go. You learn some things you didn't know before. There's, you know, clips from the from the time. And it really puts you in the cockpit. It's interactive. It's not just a watch this 3D, you know, video happening around you. Um, so you can actually, you know, explore with the lunar lander and do a number of other things with the, with the, with the landing pod. So they've really done a good job with this. And on PC, if um, if you're if you're looking to play the same thing, they released kind of an HD upgrade to this. A couple of months a couple of months back um and if you are interested in this kind of content may i also suggest uh they've got a they've got a dual bundle between this and their titanic game which is which is highly rated um, and the bundle for both of those is 18.99 in pounds so roughly kind of 21 22 dollars um that's launching on psvr here in europe for a cost of uh about 10 pounds for just the base game or as i said 19 pounds for the package there you go Nice. Um, what did what was your guys' experience with kind of Titanic and Apollo? Like, if you wanted to summarize it, give your views for people whether they should check it out or not. What would, how would you describe that? So Titanic, like I'll start with Titanic. So I never, I don't think I tried Apollo. 
Um, but yeah. you know the the experience where you've got the commentary the commentary from the Irish girl, like she's got this like amazing accent anyway. That's really lovely to listen to. So if you like listening to history from lovely uh, Irish, girl. Irish girls, then this will be right up your street. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. You know, being in that little submarine, being guided around the wreck, and hearing about the history and the stories of people that were on board the ship when it sank. Mm. Yeah, it's really great uh, education experience. It's like watching a documentary, but being part of it essentially. Mm. Yeah. yeah. more. I think if you if you like the Titanic and you like to uh, explore its wreckage more, then that's the one for you. It's not really about you know going back in time and walk the ship and the decks and explore all the rooms. That's Titanic uh, Honor and Glory and yeah Apollo Eleven HD uh, or not the HD version. I think the HD version is on PC and right. the casual version is on PlayStation VR um, or maybe it is the HD version. Who knows. But that one is also, tell, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if they brought the uh, the high def uh, textures and that over. I imagine it's going to be a halfway house, you know, some of the things they would have brought over. But actually, like the uh, the lady who you're talking about, I met her in the flesh. Uh, lovely lady. Uh, she did not want to take a selfie, <laughs> but not everyone likes the camera. So, uh, but she's still working there. Um, okay, so for my third and final uh, highlight, this one is on. Uh, this is on PC. And this is, I love the name of this. And this is why I had to go for it, because the name is awesome. It's called Wardens of the Amber Cage. Um, so Wardens of the Amber Cage is is a, is a bit of a um, um, action dungeon crawler multiplayer uh, game. And this this reminded me of a few other things that I've played, but I'm quite interested in this. The only thing that, that irks me when I look at the, uh, the visuals is I see health bars everywhere. And you guys know how much I dislike oh. health bars. But aside from the health bars, it does look like a bit of a fun dungeoning experience, uh, multiplayer with friends kind of thing. So um, this is this is being, as I said, this was released on the 1st of March uh, by Jim Basser at Basher Studio. Um, and, and I'll just read a little bit about it. It says, become one of the heroic war mage spirits who fed their soul to the mystical amber cage and swore to keep their horrors inside from reaching reality. Um, fight hordes of fearsome opponents, play with up to... Up to two friends with or without virtual reality. So there is a cross-play here uh, if you have a friend oh, yeah, who doesn't yeah. have a VR headset. So that's quite attractive. And again, uh, a lot of the bad guys in the kind of combat interactions to me look quite interesting. It almost reminds me of something like Orbis or um, um, what's that? Uh, Vanishing Realms. Those games uh, that have a real kind of RPG element. I, I, I wish they would allow you to... Um, turn off the health bars. I hope that option is in there. If it is, I will like this game probably doubly more, uh, but quite keen on checking that out as well. So that's Wardens of the Amber Cage, and that's available uh, for about 16 pounds. So that's roughly 20 bucks. Nice. I like uh, asynchronous gameplay, you know, in VR. You know, we've had a lot of fun playing those sort of titles in the past. You know, me and Nathie played, uh, what was it, Carly and the Reaper Man and, and Covert okay. together, which were great asynchronous uh, multiplayer games. Uh, so, yeah, they're really cool. I, I dig that concept for sure. There you go. So that's it, Mike, for uh, nice. our releases this week. Nice one. So let's get into our first topic then. And of course, it is the HoloLens 2. Now, last week we were talking on the show about, you know, uh, this Mobile World Congress event, and it was actually happening the day after our show aired. So we didn't have any details about it, but of course it was rumored at the time that Microsoft were going to be showing off the HoloLens 2, and that is exactly what happened. And they had this amazing mixed reality demonstration on stage. So if you got to check it out, you should have you'd have been well impressed. I think me and Nathy and Tyrell were hanging out uh, live on Discord watching it together, so that was a lot of fun. Um, 
but yeah, the, this this sort of demonstration of what can be seen with the headset on was was next level. So hats off to Microsoft for that. Um, but let's get into the specs of what we learned during the event about what the HoloLens 2 is and who it's for. So first up, it's a standalone augmented reality headset aimed at business and enterprise applications. So this isn't a consumer headset. This is solely focused on business. There isn't any sort of gaming tech demos anymore like they did with the original HoloLens. Purely business, that's it. Um, With this headset, all the processing power comes from within the headset itself. So just like the previous HoloLens, you don't need to tether it to a PC. It's all done from the headset itself. Now, at the heart of this headset is a Snapdragon 850 processor from Qualcomm, which is running sort of Microsoft Windows, of course. And the big thing here and the big takeaway from the event, of course, and it's what everyone was asking for, was an increased field of view. Now, this was what we were talking about on last week's show. The biggest problem with the original HoloLens is that it had roughly around 30 degrees field of view. So when you looked at you know, a hologram, you could basically, when you moved your head, the hologram would clip in and out of your view, which is undesirable, breaks the immersion. So what they've actually done with the HoloLens 2 is they, they touted that they, doubled the res, that they doubled the field of view. That's not actually the case. It's kind of like more around 50 degrees now field of view. And it may not sound like a huge improvement, but it, it, mm-hmm. is, it is a really big deal because this is a lot harder to achieve in AR than it is in VR right now. Because obviously in VR, we use traditional display panels. In AR, they're using wizardry with like mirrors and projecting things straight into your eyeballs. It's like, it's really next level stuff. Um, so yeah, this is going to make the headset way more practical for actual real world use, which is great. Um, in terms of the display technology that they've integrated in this new headset, they now say that the display is around what would perceive to be around a 2K resolution per eye. So this is a big step up again from the original because the original was around 700, uh, 720p resolution, roughly mm. perceived display clarity. So big improvement in terms of uh, what it looks like when you're actually looking at these holograms. Um, and to make the headset more comfortable as well, they've invested a lot of time and effort into you know, scanning like thousands of people's heads to basically make the most comfortable headset they could possibly make because you know what they want with this headset is for people on the front line you know the working force of the world to wear these headsets for their working day basically uh so that's their plan so they scanned all these people's heads uh they made this uh headset really balanced all the the processing power is at the back obviously the lenses and everything are at the front and they've used carbon fiber in its structure to keep the weight Mm. down as well so uh they've really used some fancy materials in this oh yeah They've also uh, got full hand tracking. So just like the first one, you can interact with menus uh, by using gestures. But this seems way more natural this time around, you know, with uh, tactile buttons, sliders that you can uh, grab and slide along. Um, And it looks really, really cool. You can pinch and manipulate objects to resize them as well. Uh, So they've really sort of gone to town with making the UI very user-friendly. So anyone can put this headset on and understand uh, the sort of basic UI mechanics without having having to like read a manual, basically. <laughs> um, there's this is this is a really cool feature. I love this. There's cameras in the headset that are facing backwards towards your eyes, and this is used for iris recognition for security. So you can actually sign into this headset just by putting it on and it's scanning your eyeballs. <laughs> 
Now, this kind of reminds me of that scene of like, uh, what was it, Demolition Man, you know, when they had that iris scanner in that movie. So hopefully no one takes your eyeballs out and <laughs> uses this to break into your headset. But it seems very next level, which is really cool. Uh, they also use these cameras, by the way, for auto IPD adjustment to make sure you've got the best possible clarity when using this device. Uh, another key feature of this headset is that it's got a new flip-up design. So when you're not using the device, you can just simply flip it up and have a, a more sort of natural conversation with colleagues and real people around you without looking like some sort of cyborg <laughs> from the future, uh, which is really nice. And then also uh, on top of that, Tim Sweeney uh, came on stage from Epic Games and said that they're going to be supporting this new uh, platform with the Unreal Engine. So although it's unlikely we're going to get any, gonna get any ga games for this device, it's the platform is there ready for it if people want to develop games for this platform. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the specs of the HoloLens 2, really, in a nutshell. I don't know about you guys. What did you think about this this new all, headset? All I can say is that I am ridiculously jealous of the kids of the future, you know, that they yeah. get to use this kind of technology to learn while all we had was boring books. Yeah. Screw <laughs> you, future kids. <laughs> Back-breaking, boring books. Man, I used to just carry like six, seven textbooks back and forth. And then they're you know, like worried about the kids breaking their backs. Like, what do you, what do you carry these days? You're going to have like the raddest ever like sunglasses that show you everything that you want to see. Yeah. And maybe more. Oh, you're if you uh, dinosaurs. Looks great. It's very comfortable. Yeah. In future uh, episodes, my, my, my of the show will be like, yeah, you damn pesky kids. You don't know. You don't know what you, you had to do when we were kids. Like very old men. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But like the ergonomics is the thing that excites me the most. Like looking at the headset, it just looks like they've paired it back just enough to get it like looking sleek. And then with paired with all that, you know, technology that kind of makes the, uh, the friction of entry and use of the device uh, seems really good. Um, you know, and I think, Comparing to the first HoloLens, it's the right level of upgrade. And to be honest, it's on par with what my expectations were for this. So the fact that, you know, some people got really bent out of shape about the field of view being misrepresented and stuff, I, I'm not on board with that. Like, it, it happens, you know, people, it happens all in all walks of life, including graphics cards and CPUs and stuff. Like, people just hone in on a number. And, of course, they're going to, you know, some people will choose, some marketing people will choose to kind of make that accident on purpose. But whatever, it's part of the game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, funny uh, was that after uh, uh, the Hololens two got announced and they, you know, uh, showed it off, Magic Leap said like, "Oh, but we also have some interesting stuff to share soon." Yeah, so, they like, did. They were just waiting for them to, you know, uh, do their thing and then just yeah. throw out a tweet to get people hyped for their stuff. They, it seems like they 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 feel like there is a lot of competition. Well, I think they could just you know operate next to each other right now. And Magic Leap has a way different approach in terms of what they want to do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. HoloLens, as you said, HoloLens was a very serious thing this time. Well, yeah. Magic Leap is more kind of like hipster in a way, you know, with all these, these games. And both of them, uh, like both ways work work fine, I would say, because it, you do want uh, people to look at your, you know, a product in a way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And the thing oh, is, like... Well. Uh, you on the whale <laughs> with uh, Microsoft with the Hololens. Like before they announced this new headset, they had, they'd struck a deal with the U.S. military, and they're going to be supplying Hololens to that. the military. And this is kind of good and bad in a way. Like you know, they've got a big client there that's going to have lots of money to keep funding and pushing this technology further. But a lot of the Microsoft employees themselves were very upset about this because they were like, "Well, 
you know, we didn't know when we were developing the HoloLens that this was going to be used Military for essentially war applications. Mm. And uh, we don't know if we feel like ethically that we've been kind of betrayed a little bit here because we didn't know that this was the end goal for Microsoft. Uh, so it's kind of interesting but, debate going on there. At the same time, I mean, I'm going to play a little bit the devil's advocate. If you're making this kind of technology, I mean, look at any kind of future war movie. I mean, they developed Halo like, you know, like everything there is like AR and like, I mean, not to say like, oh, we had no idea this technology. Of course, technology is going to be every technology that has been developed will eventually have an application kind of military purposes. Well, I, I think in this case, like being transparent is, is very important. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But you, you're totally right, Nathan, that, you know, it seems like HoloLens and Magic Leap, they're, they're sort of they're crossing over, of course, but they're targeting different markets, which is great. But they're also, it's cool to have these two big players in the space as well. I think, you know, the years to come are going to be very exciting when these two sort of duke yeah. it out uh, for, the, for, the, for the sort of consumer version of this headset. What um, I also thought was super cool is that you can mod the HoloLens and have, for example, a helmet attached to it or yes. something else. Um, oh, yeah, the safety helmet. That was that was really cool yeah. in the demonstration. I yeah. agree, yeah. But I mean, they're thinking, they're really thinking about like, how do we sell this to someone who's running a, you know, a building or construction mm -hmm. firm? How do we sell yes. this to a car manufacturer? And, and I actually love their intro video that we ran. Um, I, I think it really portrays yeah. HoloLens and, and, and for someone who doesn't understand like AR, like if you've, if you've heard about VR, you're likely to be pulled it down the path of like, oh, it's, it's for gaming. You know, it's probably not for me, but it shows yeah. AR like in a medical scene. Right. And, and I think yeah. you can definitely see. Uh, these being used in that in that application, you know, and, and it makes it very clear mm. the the path yeah. for True. AR now. Yeah, I go on. I think the 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 best thing of all was when they were showing these holograms of people and they were talking together in one space, mm. and they said that you, you could use a, uh, a Windows MI headset and join someone in the same room. So that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Uh, like AR and VR coming together for the first time and have this cross-platform feature. Um, this, this is like one of the first times in history VR and AR are like meeting each other in yeah. a virtual space, yeah, in you a call, mixed you call reality it. space. You called it because yeah, you yeah, said it on know, last week's podcast. And, and then when that hit, I was, I was equally enthused by this idea of the, the kind of the workspace social piece where I don't have to get on a plane. I can just put on my headset and I can literally have a meeting with, oh, Bob, Bob, Bob from California is going to join us today. Right. And he's sitting yeah. in California in a rift or whatever, and he's joined us and we're just chatting away. But it, it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, walls. In other words, certain uh, competitors of Microsoft who are blocked from that. You know, in other words, like Vive, yes, Rift, no, or I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But you know, like you said, uh, you know, Zim, you can see that in the future, you know, your 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 boiler repairman that comes around to fix your boiler, he's going to be wearing one of these, or your car mechanic, he's going to be wearing one of these. You know, it's going to be or giving even him better. Even better, you put them on, and you have a car mechanic that says, like, through the AR, you need to get yeah. this there, this then, so yeah. you don't need to come to yeah. location anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I built a I built an engine in VR. Yeah. You know, how how hard can it be? What, what about <laughs> AA? Right? Like, like you get the cheap version of roadside assistance, and it's like, all right, put the headset on, hey, dial the people, and like, all right, pull this plug, and all that kind of stuff. You know? 
that's your membership. Yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you're interested, if you're a business and you're interested in investing in AR, then uh, this is going to be released uh, for three thousand five hundred uh, US dollars. Uh, I think for the amount of technology that is in this headset, and it is really cutting edge stuff, that is a bargain. I think you know for this headset so it'd be really interesting to see the applications and the sort of use cases for this headset in the very near future they got a, a big subscription as well right mm. what we got a good comment from uh, campo 675 as well he says so there are so many uh, jobs that can manage with vr imagine how much less cities can be congested with traffic mm. just for people that don't have to travel to their work because yeah. they can do it the but like yeah, like you said, Nathan, you touched on it very briefly. I was disappointed that we didn't get any Windows MR headsets announced there. You know, I was really waiting for the, the HP <laughs> copper to be shown, you know, the code oh, yeah. name. Oh, yes, um, exactly. Stand, you know, standalone Samsung Odyssey. Yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh, and by the way, for those that are interested, Big Apple Buddy screwed me over again, so oh, I didn't get some. No. no way. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. They said uh, they, they'd hit their limit with uh, ordering stuff from Samsung, so they couldn't get me one. So I'm done with them. We've broken our relationship. It ended on bad terms. We're never going to talk again. Uh, but, but let's move on to uh, the Force Tube. Let's talk about this. This is really cool. So this is the latest product from the team at ProTube. Now, if you're not familiar with ProTube, they've been making VR gun stocks for a while, and they've sold over like 5,000 stocks to date. You can use these stocks no matter what setup you've got, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, Windows MR, and they're also developing stocks for both the Valve Knuckles and, interestingly, Oculus Quest. So this is going to be next level. Um, this product right here, you can see in the background, I'll turn it on and get it ready to set up to sort of give you a bit of a live demo. Uh, but basically, this is the Force Tube, and it's a, a VR gun stock with this big sort of module on the back of it. So I don't know if you can see this. I'll try and get it as close to the camera as I can. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Uh, this has got like a, a sliding uh, mechanism at the back, and it's got two rumble motors built into it as well. And this adds sort of haptic feedback when you're playing VR shooters. Uh, when this is up against your shoulder, you can feel the recoil of each shot in game. And I've been testing it out this week in games like uh, Onward, Pavlov, Contractors, and Wardust. Um, Onward and Wardust, they've got native support for the game, so very simple to set up. Contractors and Pavlov, you need to tweak it around a little bit, start it in Windows compatibility mode. Um, wait, wait, wait. When you say native support, um, is that that it actually, when it fires, it will do, or is that still audio-based? No, no, no. None of this is audio-based, by the way. None of it, yeah. None okay. of this is audio. Even, even the workaround isn't audio-based. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, so the native support, it, it works basically on, depending on what weapon you're using, mm. um, the rate of fire. So I'll show you some demos of that very shortly. Um, but also the workaround feature intercepts the um, haptic feedback signal for the controllers um, wow. and uses yeah. that to power this. And basically, you'd be surprised how well it works. And it, it works because there's the two different frequencies. So it, it picks up the two different frequencies when it's a high frequency for like the, uh, the slider it'll activate that with a gunshot. If it's just rumble, then you'll just get rumble from the device. So yeah. let me just quickly fire up the demo and show you exactly what it feels like and sounds like because it gets pretty loud. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is going to be really fun. So basically what I've got in the demo is a bunch of different weapons to simulate. So I need to hold this down because this obviously will be up against your shoulder. So this is a sniper rifle. That's a single shot. So each time I'm, I'm pulling the trigger... That's what I'm getting. So I'm getting rumble and that hitting my shoulder. That's where it would be. The audio this listeners like are going to really appreciate this part of the. <laughs> this is yeah. fine. This I is fine. I, okay. I might, have to, I might have to mute this uh, in, in, in the audio version. It's okay. It's actually fine okay. coming across fine. So this is a submachine gun, a P90. 
<laughs> Sounds like paintball. Yeah. This is a, an M16. And then this is a PKM. So this is like a light machine gun. I have a very dirty mind, Mike, and the girlfriends and wives of the world are really getting excited right now. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is a really cool piece of kit. Like I say, I've been testing awesome. it out all week. I've been having a lot of fun with this. Um, their Kickstarter campaign for this product has literally just uh, started. It opened last night. Uh, if you're interested in backing this on Kickstarter, you can do right now. Um, it's around uh, 200 euros for the module itself. So if you've got a, a VR stock already, you've got one from ProTube or another one from somewhere else, you can just buy the module and upgrade your mm -hmm. stock to this module, and that's going to work. Or you can buy the complete kit for around 270 euros, uh, which will include the whole the whole lot. Man, I want to know, did you ever use the bipod? Because that looked exciting. I never use the bipod, no. I think it's a badass accessory, though. Like, if you're into sniping... It's really useful. You're going to be like lying prone on your floor and, and having a lot of fun with that for sure. <laughs> and the magnetic There's, mounts seemed, seemed like in your video, I watched your video, um, yeah. uh, they, they seemed to work very well. But it, it, I thought I was expecting more of um, sliding it into a cup. It looks like it's more of like a side attachment. Here, I'll zoom in on you, Mike. Show, show it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's got these ridges on the, on the magnetic mounts. So it stops you, even if you're putting a lot of force forward and backwards on it, huh. it doesn't come off. It's only when you pull that it sideways off the magnet that it actually comes off. And obviously this cup with the controller comes off all in one. Um, mm. And then you just use it and then you just clip it back on again. So you don't have to take the controllers out of the cups. You just take the cups off the rails, basically. Um, I still got a question. Um, sure. How does it work with like the recoil and the gain? Like, is it like adjust a little bit so that... You know, it's more like the real recoil that you that you that you have, or does it still do like you know the the automatic one from like the the game itself? Or so it's in, it's totally in tune with the weapon that you're using. So I was using a lot on in onward, like a single shot M16, for example, and it would just mm -hmm. kick each time I pulled the trigger. Whereas mm -hmm. if you swapped over in another game to an automatic rifle, then you'd get the multiple kicks as you're shooting so it would continue I mean, like, more like in the game itself like because the when when you shoot like your your weapon also jerks up and down depending on it, the does it impact yeah. that as well no no like the re the recoil when you're holding it is not enough to really like go like this you're just yeah. like kind of vibrating a little bit but it's that feeling in your shoulder that adds to the immersion because you feel more connected to the experience yeah. and you're feeling the shots Very like exciting. i, I I'm not really a big like uh, shooter guy, you know. Certainly not in the competitive scene. I was playing a lot with bots using this, but I was having it like a ton of fun, especially with the uh, the new onward solo missions. I didn't even know they had solo missions. Like the, when the I tried thing that you last. mentioned, which I, and I don't know if you can demonstrate for us here, Mike, but the fact that it slings, like it, it actually can get out of the way. Um, yeah, I was I was really interested in in that aspect. Um, how, how is the buckle system for it? Do you think that the uh, the build quality is good? I mean, we're obviously talking about the fact that they've got this uh, this thing on kickstarter now but um yeah that, that, like how swinging that into action and out of action yeah. while yeah. you were playing across this cross section of games like did you find that was relatively natural or was that were there areas where that was unnatural and 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 quite annoying I think the thing is with this like it's going to take a little bit of getting used to same with the reloading you know you're going to need the muscle memory there to be able to just do it and pull it off. Like after a couple of hours with this thing, I was just d doing it naturally. But swinging it behind your back again is the same deal. Um, and the thing is they use different printing material for the sling mounts. So hmm. everything is really like high quality build with this thing. It's all 3D printed stuff, but you wouldn't think it, it looks like injection molded. It's very high quality. Um, but the 3D printing material they use for the inside of the cups 
uh, is a little bit rubbery and the same with the sling mounts so they give a little bit of flexibility so you're not going to snap it off that's good um, so that they've 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 really thought about the design you can stress thing. fracture that if it wasn't otherwise over time so good yeah yeah, yeah. I think I think the only the, the only criticism I, I've got over this whole system is obviously of course this is a prototype so it could be improved and and this is actually one of their stretch goals as well if they if they hit three hundred thousand euros on their Kickstarter campaign they will implement what I'm about to say and at the moment they use four um, little cell batteries um, they're, they're sort of really high powered cell batteries uh, and you have to basically take them out and put them on charge and then replace them again. And they'll give you about seven to 10 hours worth of battery life, but it's a bit of a pain to do that. Like most VR accessories, you yeah, just plug them in school. yeah, with a USB port or a, yeah. a USB-C port, and you just charge it up. And I think I would definitely prefer that in a future iteration of this design. But again, hopefully they can meet their strict goal and uh, that'll be implemented for the backers. We, we had indeed a couple of questions relating to that. Uh, for example, Flem asked, how long is the battery life now? Yeah, do seven to have- 10 hours. Seven to 10 hours, okay. And then... Dr. Oculus VR said then, do you need to remove the batteries and then charge them with a rechargeable battery charger? Exactly that, yeah. So this panel here slides off um, and then I can just expose the batteries. There we go. So you can see these orange Uh, batteries here. I'll I'll give give you a closer look. And you have to take them out and um, and put them on charge in a charger, a universal battery charger, and then replace them. Uh, But that comes with it? Um, well, this is, again is just a prototype right now. So free, um, sure. free batteries. We don't know yet. <laughs> Chris Richardson asking: Do they have multiple cups for different controllers? So Windows Mixed Reality, Vive, and Oculus. Absolutely, yeah. And they're also going to be making some for the Knuckles controllers and potentially the Oculus Quest in the future as well. That's, I actually that's heard really that because uh... you want to. If you if you're like me and you've got a couple of different headsets, you'd want to buy one base and then the different cups. Yeah, so, yeah, every, yeah, and you can buy all these components separately from their website as well. That's cool. I heard that nice. the, the Quest uh, um, like uh, controllers are so similar to the touch ones that they would fit in the same uh, thing. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I heard that from from uh, from the other company that also makes uh, stocks. Is it called uh, Mam- Mammoth? Mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, and they said that it's the same same thing. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Cool. So this also, a, we got the sorry, we got go go to VR in the in the chat right now. So if people are having more questions or have questions for us, then uh, feel free to tag me or tag uh, ProTube in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wish them the best of luck with their Kickstarter campaign. Literally started last night. So if you're interested, we've put a link in the description. But there's a little fun fact before we move on. And I got this from reading the book, uh, The History of the Future. And that was that Oculus were actually developing their own gun controller at one point. Uh, Palmer was a big advocate of this, and they actually (laughs) called it Project Canon. Obviously, Palmer is like a gamer at heart. And, you know, gaming was his primary focus when working at Oculus. But sadly, uh, the the idea behind Project Canon was scrapped, and this was uh, just after the acquisition by Facebook. And they were really apprehensive about making plastic guns under the Facebook brand, and that's why that whole project got scrapped. Why which is a really shame. Yeah, because like the, you know, but again, on the on the flip flip side, it means that other people can edge in and make their own accessories. <laughs> you know, for, yeah. for the rest. Well, we still want that. our own PlayStation VR aim controller on PC. Of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, the Force Tube. Had a lot of fun with that this week. So uh, let's wrap up. Like, g- sure. given, given they went uh, live on Kickstarter. So they are currently at 
Uh, so their goal is 68,842 and they're currently almost at 20,000. So they're, wow. you know, they're doing well already Yeah, with 44 days to go. Yeah. Fingers crossed for that 300k stretch goal. Get some internal batteries in there. We can charge them with a USB port for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move on to Boneworks then. This is the final topic of this week's show. This is a really interesting game that is coming. Um, for those of you that have never heard of Boneworks before, it's a game that's being developed by a studio called Stress Level Zero. They made uh, Hover Junkers, which was one of the first titles to come to Vive. And of course, my favorite game, Duck Season. Of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am the you duck man. Josh about those two titles. The duck judged up. Yeah. So um, as well as being sort of, you know, this VR development studio, they're also part of this kind of uh, group of people that go on YouTube and collectively they call themselves Node. And they've got this awesome channel where they do a lot of stuff on there, like Airsoft stuff, VR stuff. They're just a bunch of lads that like to have a lot of fun together. It's a really cool channel. Go check it out. But um, about a year ago on the channel, they showed this VR sort of demo. It was an early demo of Boneworks, and it was really showing some really impressive gunplay mechanics where you had different points of interactivity, uh, where you sort of can really turn and your elbow will be representing game based on the sort of geometry of the way you're moving the controller. Everything was physics-based, so you could get like two Glock pistols and you could like touch the ends of them and they wouldn't clip through each other like you would think they would in a VR game because we're so used to these sort of janky physics. They actually <laughs> just like stop. Uh, just like, you know, when you play uh, Lone Echo, for example, and you can really interact and manipulate with the environment, those kind of physics where you put your hand on a box and it doesn't go through it, it's very, very immersive and it really sort of adds to the experience. And this was the thing. They were really making this realistic gun simulator, basically. And it turns out that that demo was basically the sort of platform for what Boneworks is now going to become. Um, so this week, they showed off some more uh, gameplay of this sort of development uh, on the channel. And um, yeah, you basically just showed off more of the design. You've got this Max Payne style bullet time thing now where they were shooting and then like catching the, the shells that were spent out of the, the guns, which was like next level. They've got some mechanics where you can climb a bit like climby. Uh, they've also added valve knuckle support. So, you know, with the valve knuckles, you yeah. can sort of like uh, have full finger tracking. And they were like sliding... Mm. this up and down a crowbar like straight out of half-life sliding it up and down a crowbar but if they're gripping harder then the other hand could slide up and down so it was really based on like how hard you were gripping the crowbar with each hand how it would move so basically it was like how it would move in real life if you were gripping it if you know what i mean it's really yeah. like next level stuff like super complicated like the amount of work that must have been put into this platform is just blows my mind uh, and it shows like you know the potential of the knuckles as well like you know because you need controllers almost yeah. like this to get this game to its full potential and that's yeah I, I i i honestly i don't even want to play this game with uh the regular vive ones or the touch controllers i i want valve uh knuckles i agree yeah, to I, play this uh, there's no other way i i gotta say i love that node went <coughs> guys Hasn't it taken a long time for Half-Life 3 to come out? Wouldn't it be great if we were able to do something with the Knuckles controllers? And they just fuse those two ideas. It, it's like a copy of Half-Life 2, some of the bits in this. And yep. and I, I, I can't fault them for that because yep. Valve's taken 10 years or whatever to kind of get their act together. 
and they've done a really good job. I mean, Amazing. I have to I have to say for our audio listeners, find this video, find the video for Boneworks, find some content on this and watch it because it. it I have not been <laughs> I have been wholly underexcited about Knuckles until I saw. Actually, Nathan, your incredibly viral tweet of, and this is why, you know, we want, we want Knuckles. Um, because that gripping that Mike just described and this crowbar and the orange theme and the whole kind of Half-Life vibe of it combined with the technology, this is another one of those leaps where you, when you see it, your brain goes, holy shit, this yeah, is about yeah. to be it, something I can play. This could become the standard. Like if you can, you can see a big difference between what we have right now and what this game is capable of. It everything looks so natural, it's super satisfying, it looks good, it works. It, it looks like you can just do whatever you want without even thinking about uh, mm-hmm. what you what you can do with a controller anymore. And uh, yeah, it this is this is really really showing the next step of of what you can do with with uh, these these knuckles controllers. Yeah. And I think this if if people try something like this or a few other titles, yeah. they don't they don't want to go back to what you can play right now with Vive Ones or touch controllers. This is uh, exactly the, yeah. the example transformation. Uh, of, you know, the potential it has. It, it kind of reminds me, it's funny that you mentioned like Half-Life and everything else, because it's got so many Half-Life vibes <laughs> about this. They've even got like a mechanical head crab that looks just like a head crab. But yeah. basically it, it's like, do you know when like Half-Life 1 came out and then there were all these like tech demos of like Half-Life 2 with the gravity gun and all the physics. It's like that leap. And, and that's what this feels like in terms of its yeah. engine. It really is next level stuff. I can't uh, sort of really, yeah. I, I'm not exaggerating here. It is really the next thing, I think. Yeah, it, it, what it reminds me of is, and I don't know if anyone is going to be of, uh, of a similar pedigree here, but Counter-Strike, when the original Counter-Strike was teasing then Counter-Strike Source and the Counter-Strike Source video and the technology in that, now, it wasn't, let's say it wasn't breaking the mold of other games that were there, but to see CS jump from this thing that was very much boxed and static to, you know, HDR lighting and all these, like it was such a step. And and I still remember taking the time, I was in the Caribbean at the time, bloody hell, uh, it took me hours to download the video. I saw the video and I was like, wow. And, and honestly, when I saw this trailer, it just harkened me back to that time. So very excited. Yeah, for sure. This is going to be uh, there's going to be a story campaign with this game. Um, like I said, climbing mechanics. They're also going to have a balloon mechanic as well, so you can shoot balloons at items. They'll just float off. You can do that with enemies and yourself. By the way, you can just shoot yourself, and then you'll just float into the sky. <laughs> I, I have to say, the story mode is definitely lesson learned from their first title, because multiplayer only games unfortunately <laughs> peter well. out, and that one did. How how could they know as being one of the first ones to? I mean, it sounded super super awesome in the first place to create one of the only multiplayers, right? So it was great. Yeah. I mean, if, for those who don't know, Hover Junkers, you you take all these panels uh, and you're going around in this like wasteland, and and you throw those panels up to protect your little floating raft, and you're shooting, you know, in between the slats of wooden beams and stuff like that. It's really good. The problem with it, similar to Firewall is if people are so much better than you, you just get wrecked <laughs> so badly. Yeah. So like within a couple of months, I, there's no way I could play that game because it was a relatively dwindling society, like community. And then and then the people who were playing it still were just incredibly good. Mm, yeah, it's exciting. I, I think that, uh, that they also shared uh, what they made early on with Valve. And I'm sure they also shared some, you know, ideas and, and knowledge. So, you know, I think Valve also used this 
in their favor to you know improve their uh, experiences but this feels like this 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 uh, thing they worked on so far feels like a project that that could be a blueprint for every developer to use i mean yeah. if you could use all these mechanics if you could use all, all this stuff and then make your own uh, game on on that base i yeah. think uh, it would be it it would work it, it could work and of yeah, course exactly. as rowdy always says the story needs to be super super neat too if that combo is there and this and is if you see the popularity of like just physics games in virtual reality like how because you can do things that you can't do in other games and that's what makes this so amazingly cool that you can actually grab objects that's what we've been saying so much on the on the podcast as well like that that is what makes virtual reality so cool not that you just in the world but that you can actually interact properly with that world that is what really makes it next level and they they nailed it with this one yeah it's it's for the first time in in a very long time that i see um something that is really different i mean there are so many headsets getting announced all the time and also controllers but they are all kind of the same they don't seem to be alive this is the first time i feel like we have vr controllers on the way that are actually making your hands and everything you do feel way more alive than any other controller could do it doesn't feel static anymore it's not dead it's actually becoming reality and that's that's amazing i think yeah. it's it's my this is concern, this is my only concern with it is i wonder you know when you're gripping with the knuckles you've actually used them nathy so i haven't yet um with no resistance pushing back to your point mike is it going to feel kind of ghosty in other words is it going to feel under satisfying compared to what the visuals because the visuals are sell me right now but you know what's the actual it tactile depends. it depends on how well it's been developed of course and also you know haptics wise you really want to feel it um and can... of course like right now these these prototypes of the knuckles are still prototypes the official one yeah. the one that's going to come out is is going to be well i think super super duper neat and you made a good point haptics right so you can I feel like you need a sensation, like a translated sensation of yeah. that. Valve proved it in that original archery demo in the lab, right? Where you're like, yes. "Wow, I feel like I'm holding the bow. Like this is this feels bloody good." Yeah. So if you do tweak it, refine it enough, maybe maybe it'll be good enough. Um, yeah. I'm looking. If you can to get it. if you can get close to uh, the the Nintendo Switch controls, where you can feel the ice cube sliding through your controller, <laughs> then <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> true but like you said nathan you made a really good point there like maybe they could license this engine out to other developers and sure. use that as a platform yeah. to make more games using this mechanics so I, I think i'd be totally yeah. down for that um but right now you, you know uh, boneworks will be coming out in 2019 as soon as we have more details of course we'll let you know but the steam page now is live so if you want to go and wishlist it Dude. on your steam account Go and do that now. But um, I, yeah. I, the knuckles need to come out before this game launches because I like seriously, I'm not gonna play it with Vive ones or touch controllers. I'm just gonna leave yeah. it alone until they they drop. I'm serious here. This is I the first I'm time I'm gonna sacrifice my 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 like yeah. I'm gonna be very patient. I think but, the guys at stress level zero are very smart guys being able to pull something like this off. So I would be surprised if they didn't release this game to coincide with the release of the knuckles. Tyrone Wood in the in the chat, he's saying that they're actually officially working together with Valve on this. Oh, nice. Yeah. It might actually be. I mean, if you if Valve, right, they've got so much pressure on them for the Half Life thing, right? If you see someone <laughs> developing something like this, not just not just the fact that it works so well and they've got the finger tracking with the knuckles, 
but it can actually depressurize that expectation because if someone really delivers something that's a bit of a copycat or something and they actually want to go off and do new IP, you know, it yeah, actually maybe. might work in their favor. So the thing I'm I not surprised when I, the partnership. When I saw this was like, I was like, just use these mechanics for a VR Left 4 Dead game, please. Oh, same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. With that crowbar <laughs> through the head and stuff, man, yeah. that would be oh, This so could good. work. This could also be Counter-Strike. Like, I feel like if you look at just the mechanics itself, this could be any game. It could be a puzzle Escape. game. It could be a shooter. Puzzle. It could be Left 4 Dead. It Sky could be... Sky. Well, maybe, yeah. No, it, it, like, if you look at it, 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 it's like everything. And it shows that it can be everything, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like the source engine, you know? Yeah, yeah it doesn't... It, it might not even feel like games. It feels like, hey... You know, with all these tools, you can make whatever like adventure you want. Yeah, please. But please. if it's if if it's actually as good as it looks, VR Daisy. This 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 is gonna be one of those reasons why people don't want to buy other headsets anymore if they once tried this. I'm I'm not, I'm not joking. This is one of those <laughs> moments where people are like, yeah, you know that other stuff I tried. Nah, that's nothing compared to this. Yeah. So. Yep. It's the next level, eh? Getting your hands into VR properly as well. Oh, yes, yes. yes. I gotta say, real, put it that way. I gotta say one final thing, which is Node, thank you for keeping in the game because this is not an easy thing to stay alive, stay lucrative, keep feeding, clothing yourselves and whatever, and pushing, pushing, pushing for VR. I mean, these guys are content creators together. As you said, it's like a house of lads, it's, it's that. But that's not an easy thing. And these are like, these are the nests from where we go. You know, this is that we're going to be taken off from this point. So thank you, Node. You know, you guys yeah. have done great work. Nice work indeed. So if you've got any questions for us, uh, put them in the chat now. I'm just going to recap the show times for, uh, for everyone. So just a reminder, it's a weekly VR, AR, NMR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. Tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US, or check out the audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor. We've covered lots of topics this week. Uh, ProTube, HoloLens 2, Boneworks, Five Nights at Freddy's, mm. so much stuff. Releases Juicy. next week. Been a busy, busy show. So I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one. So let us know if you've got any questions or forever hold yeah. your peace. Um, well, we got actually a question from my Riff Kit in the, in the beginning of the show together with a donation. He said, when would you guess a Kickstarter for the X-Stall Gaming Edition might uh, post? I don't think they're going to launch Kickstarter. I think no, they'll just, I, I think I they'll just the sell it as a, a product when it's ready. Uh, obviously, they've recruited the same test group from uh, Pimax. Uh, yeah. so you've got Sweev Ivor, Sebastian from Mixed Reality TV, and Thomas from Voodoo DE. Um, is there a name for those guys, Mike? Like a collective? The, the testers. Lords of the Axtol. Lords of the Axtol. The Fellowship of the Axtol headset. We should come up with one and brand them. We'll, we'll have a good name for you next week. Anyway, if, if we do know more about it and it comes closer to, let's say, maybe a Kickstarter or maybe, you know, going like they sell it on, on, on a store, or they announce the prize, whatever, um, we, we, we will invite our uh, one and only guest that knows everything that is also an Oracle uh, uh, yeah. Um And then he will, uh, you know, tell us more about it. I'm sure he's, uh, he's open for that. But what I would say is if, if you're interested in next level headsets, particularly the X-Tile, you want to start saving your pennies now. Like I'm being deadly serious because <laughs> yeah. you're going to need some 
next level GPU to run it. So I'm not even talking about a 2080 Ti. I think you're going to have to go the next step above that. Next, we're, really, yeah. we're talking saleable organs, right? You got your pancreas, kidney. Yeah. I mean, there are things that you can yeah. do. You can go yeah. without a lung if you need to. Right. Yes. If, you, if you save up between like a thousand or six thousand dollars, you can buy a lot of neat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't cut out your organs for PR. Yeah. Well, that's why we got extra yeah. organs, right? To sell them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're there for. There was yeah. an answer uh, here. Oni, Onikaze, I hope I pronounced that right. You said uh, it's probably been, co- been covered before, but are any of you going to GDC? No. I, no. I, I, I tried desperately. Uh, I reached out to pretty much everyone that I know and said, look, is there any way we can make this happen? You know, I was tempted to fund it even myself. Um, but it's just it's just not worth the financial outlay for me to just cover it on my own. So I'm not going to be going, but I will be watching from the sidelines eagerly for sure. I know Fudu is going. So if you want to meet him, you can. <laughs> there are uh, two questions. Firstly, there was an answer from, that Eric provided. He said that those guys together call themselves the Three Musketeers. So apparently they've got it. <laughs> okay. um, and then the second thing was some time ago, PD, who moderates very well for us, uh, asked me the question. He said, why are you so against Vorpex, Tim? Because uh, he said he thinks, you know, it, it works out of the box, kind of it's very good. Obviously, it's got, got great customer support. I think the guy's called Ralph behind Vorpex, who's like Ralph, yeah. incredible. Like you can go between months, I've messaged the guy and boom, like instant email back and he's oh, got yeah. answers for you. The oh, guy's yeah. insane. I don't know. You must have devi- many devices alerting him. But <laughs> the reason I didn't like Vorpex and I still have the kind of bad taste in my mouth, I haven't used it in about two years, um, is it's a halfway house. And once you know what VR is, accepting any less is really difficult. I'm not saying it doesn't have its applications. I've been known, I, I usually cheat using virtual desktop, playing things like Daisy or whatever, when you know, you've got a wish list game you hope would be in VR, but but hasn't been. Um, Nathie, I know you've used it a lot, um, but I'd say Vorpex for me at the well. price, which was I think $30, $40 for a license for it and what you get. I never, I was never satisfied with that. Yeah. I, I I liked it for the time, you know, in the in the very early days where there weren't any like you know AAA titles AAA. really in VR. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, I, I mean, it's still cool to like just try it out or to like see like how the world of the game that you like so much is just to look at, but not not to play it. Like for me, virtual reality, I. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Like with Subnautica as well, I need that hand interaction. I need that. So just like oh, so cool. <laughs> just quickly rounding up the show and touching on Subnautica. I'm not going to go dive into the details, but there is a mod now that you can download that fixes all the UI problems that happened with that game. So if you happen to pick it up for free uh, during the Epic, uh, you know, store startup, go and check out uh, the new Subnautica mod, and then you can play it and enjoy it now um that's the end of the show for this week i hope you guys and girls have enjoyed it we've obviously had fun uh chatting away talking about our favorite subject the metaverse of course and uh yeah have a great week in vr we'll see you at the usual time next week so until then bye-bye for now bye-bye